Welcome to the Asylum. And now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. Coming at you live from Studio B, it's the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show here on the Arena Sports Network. We are Flieger and Briggs. Welcome into the Asylum. And I am glad that I didn't have to do the introduction this week as Rick got it out without stumbling. Follow us on Twitter at AsylumFootball, AsylumFootball at gmail.com for all your fantasy lineup questions. It doesn't matter. Or just whatever you want us to talk about. Or if you want to tell us we stink, we can take it. We're actually good at that. We, We tell each other that quite frequently. You know what I'm thinking about doing? We'll do a little show business here right on the show, Rick. There, there's some other shows I listen to, some podcasts, not sports related, just podcasts I listen to. They they actually hit record when they're pre-recording their podcast uh-huh. before they formally start the show. Maybe we should do that for our podcast listeners that you can find at AsylumFantasySports.com. That's where they get the bloopers from? Yeah. Well, so what we send to the Arena Sports Network is the, the fine-tuned, the clean product. You know what I mean? But they turn it on a little early because the show we do before the show, the conversations we have before we go on the air, are so much better than any of the crap we put out over these airwaves. And just to let you know, if you guys heard any little noise over the microphone, we just did confirm uh, next week we're going to have NFL agent Rilio Master Antonio on. And, uh, you know, we were just going down through um, the – company that he's with the capital sports advisors and um you know we're just going to try to get caught up through him on what's going on with the gary barnage deal um you know he's basically looking for a job right now i think yeah. i think teams are waiting i think to see their options before they have to sign if you're the steelers for though, starter money right if you're the you steelers know? though why isn't gary barnage in town already Basically, probably because Jesse James is the guy. Barney is you are what, still, 32? You are still on that that Jesse James kick. You love the kid. He's going to be the starter. I'm, he just is. Here's a name to watch, Rick. I don't know if it's this year. He may be a practice squad guy this year, depending on if. I still think Gary Barnage gets a look from the Steelers. Unless, he should. I agree. Unless the money's just too much. And I think probably the longer this goes on, and this is something we'll talk to really about next week, the longer this goes on, perhaps the money gets smaller and smaller. Obviously, I don't think he can comment on Barnage specifically, but right. sort of as an in general, we always we always toe that line and make really a really nervous. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. He'll, he'll give us the lawyer talk and yeah. he really doesn't answer yeah. it. It sounds but It sounds really good. <laughs> You know, he's got a good radio voice, yeah. so it all works out. But you won but going back to the Steelers, I think Jesse James is the guy this year if they don't bring somebody in. They dra- they signed as an uh a rookie free agent, an undrafted free agent in the offseason. Saw him play a ton. Scott Orndoff played for Pitt, yeah. played tight end for Pitt. I believe he was in the senior bowl. I can't he was in one of those postseason senior all star games. This guy is a pure pass catcher. I, he's not much of a blo- – I'm not an expert on these things, but to, in, from what I have seen and seen him play live and in person many, many times, not not a great blog, but he reminds me a lot of Heath Miller and what he can do over the middle, and he's got good hands and, and can break away and has a nose for the end zone. So I think he's down there a bit on the depth chart. They they carry Johnson as well. Rick sort of is more of an eight as a fullback but I don't know how much tight end space there's going to be. But keep an eye out for that name. I just want to get that on the air now or in two or three years if this comes to fruition, I was right. But this guy in that offense could be deadly. But right now it looks like James. But I I honestly suspect them to bring a guy like Barnage in and and give him a look. It it may not be a bad idea, Rick. There's no doubt about that. The, The guy's proven, you know, the downside is he's going to command some money. Right. And he's, what, 32, which isn't ancient by any stretch of the imagination because really no one heard of Gary Barnage no. until a couple of years ago when he had that breakout season. And injury plagued last season, but you wonder right. if he gets healthy. You you see what he can do on a bad offense. I'd be really curious to see the damage he could do on right. a good offense somewhere exactly. like Pittsburgh. We saw one flash out of Ladarius Green, but apparently just can't stay healthy. And I, he must be he really... He can't stay healthy. Okay, number one, he couldn't take the job from Antonio Gates, which is a much higher bar, I, right. I admit, than a little higher than bar Jesse than Jesse James. James yeah. But he was an aging Gates. They obviously saw something in him to draft him to be the heir apparent. Never could get on the field. Never could take the job. They got rid of him. Pittsburgh signed him. Okay, 
like we just said, he has a much lower bar. Right. He, he couldn't play. I mean, you know, he's always hurt. Yeah. And, and that's been his um, stigma, basically, yeah. his whole career. Because he's had chances, as Antonio Gates missed a lot of time, and generally it was Green promptly getting injured right at. So it's a shame to see the guy's got all the talent in the world. How, how bad a luck does Phil Rivers have when you talk about Green, you talk about Gates, you talk about Keenan Allen. I mean, talk, all this talent around him never can stay in the field. Yeah, it, that whole San Diego team's frustrating. I have to say out of that entire – was it 2004, that big draft class that he was a part of with, mm-hmm. with Ben Roethlisberger and Eli? Do, do I have that right? I'm, I'm pretty sure yeah. I do. I think he's the best pure thrower that came out of that group over over Ben, over Eli. Who, who else am I missing? Wasn't there one more up towards the top there? I can't remember. <sighs> yeah, I can't. But those are the big three we remember. And you would think if you'd have told me – Maybe after their second or third season when they all started really breaking out. If you'd have told me Phillip Rivers would be the one without a Super Bowl ring, I'd have told you you were nuts. (laughs) I really would have. Now, obviously, Roethlisberger and Eli Manning went into much better situations, but those Chargers teams were perennial playoff teams until the last couple years. But you're right. You see it with Keenan Allen. You saw it with Antonio Gates nicked up a lot. Green behind him. You know, a lot of injuries really, really derailed. The, you look at last year. I mean, they, they had no wide receivers by the time the year was done. Yeah, Everybody well, was hurt. Tired Tyree Williams. Yeah. Or Tyra, and, and I uh, believe he was nicked up. It's Stevie Johnson. Remember, we expected him to do big Inman. things heading out there, and he got injured, and it became about Inman and uh, Tyrell Williams. And yeah. we, every Sunday morning, we spent answering questions between those two. I don't think we ever got it right. You know, it was a flip a coin, and you know you should be right at 50% of the time on a coin flip. I think we were right 0% of the time on that coin. Yeah, that was uh... – yeah, I just pulling up that class, and I mean, that's basically, really, what I see is uh, is those three. Um, it was Eli, Phil, but I don't know why I was thinking there was another one up there. It, it doesn't matter. No, I, don't, I don't know how we got doesn't. there. Uh, right off the bat, a tight end conversation. Here is, an, here is an interesting stat, and then we'll move on. All right. Right now, the the quarterback rating career wise, you know, is Rivers ninety three point four, Ben ninety point nine. Eli seventy seven point one. Wow, yeah, I see a lot of a lot of things out there. A lot of the experts putting together really, really down on Eli and the, the way the numbers have dropped. I, it might be a tough year there, but let's move off of this. This yeah. has nothing to do with anything. We're going to get to fantasy football later in the show. Have some headlines if we have time. We got some fact or fiction prepared. At just keeping the games rolling because oh, how else do I you tell do you, it? Pick in your poison June. will be a return. It was an overwhelming success. Yes, yeah, people loved pick your poison. So we'll we'll put that together. We'll, we'll have to get. Uh, we don't have a producer at the moment. Again, if you want to be a producer, yeah, you live near Western Pennsylvania. You're willing to travel. And bring if beer. you work for free and you bring Rick beer <laughs> and not beer like that fancy weird crap that hopheads like. If you bring him some of that, then, then you can be our producer. You're not going to pay you. We're going to treat you really bad. We're going to call you a lot of names, ask you to do all the work, and give you no compensation in return. But outside of that, it's a fun gig. We have oh. a great time doing the show. Well, I mean, just being around us is, is that, paying Number that. one. And look at what Armando did. You know, he launched his career into interpretive dance yeah, through this competitive show. Competitive yeah, interpretive absolutely. dance. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, watch for him in the next Olympics if they have such a thing. They might and have synchronized dancing by then. He could probably do that. What's the thing with the – they got the ribbon on a stick and they wave it around. And then they got uh, the – Flagging the, or whatever. They got the ball and they fling it around. I think that would be the same thing. He could, I could see him do it. He'd have to trim his beard a little, but he could do something like that. I, I tell you. I'm not sure he would, but, you know, I would. He'd look good in the leotard, though, which is most important, right? Right. I I would think so. (laughs) Exactly. So let's get into a little bit of sports here, Rick. We sit here putting this show together on the eve of Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Final. Our Pittsburgh Penguins drop two down in Smashville, find them so get blowed out two, two times in Smashville. Find this series tied 2-2, Rick. Give me a reason not to jump off the bandwagon of my, my hometown pens. Because we were nailed on Twitter by our boy Johnny Reed Foley. Oh, that's right. And I did I'm going to stick with the Penguins. We need to get him back on the, on oh, the yeah. show. He just – that – 
to get a random tweet from a guy like that just saying, can't wait for football season, glad the boys at the asylum are back. That was completely unprompted. We didn't pay him for that, to my knowledge. We need to get him back on. I think Johnny Reed Foley's an asylumite, despite his poor choices in uh, NHL teams. <laughs> you know, but it is country singer, yeah. Nashville. Well, that's what I they guess. do. But I he's a Browns it. fan, so go figure. Yeah, he, he's got problems. He's got a lot of issues. That's why maybe that's why he likes it. And then I see him tweeting about uh about LeBron a lot. He's obviously a Cavs fan. We sit here tonight, I believe, game three of that. I disaster. really get a kick out of seeing all this um all this goat talk, you know. Oh, everything's the goat. You know, everything. You, you throw up LeBron and Michael Jordan, you know, and, and you know, now it's, you know, Durant and Steph Curry and all this, you know, who's the real goat and blah, blah, blah. And it and it goes that way with every sport. Well, whatever happened, 15 well, except minutes. in hockey, nobody says anything about Gretzky. No, no, you ain't. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he is the one guy who's above all that, isn't he? Oh yeah. It doesn't matter the era. It doesn't matter what millennial dummy you talk to. Nobody. Talk, we can argue who's two through ten, but right. we don't. We don't talk <laughs> about one. We don't even have yeah. that conversation. When you can take his goals away and he's still the leading all-time scorer in the <laughs> NHL, there's not a whole lot of discussion. Yeah, he, he, he stays away from that. So did you see, now that you bring that up, so, so much for the hockey, now we'll go to the end. This, that's our hockey coverage. He'll be our 17-second NBA coverage because that's, you know, you know, Rick, I'm a hoops fanatic. I cannot make myself care about this NBA playoffs as the average margin of victory somewhere in the 20s, I have to imagine. But right. The, well, name, can you name me anybody that even pays attention to – basketball other than diehard homers that didn't have Cleveland, Golden State, and maybe San Antonio in the finals. Only in those towns and near those towns where those teams are at. No, I'm saying the casual, you know, the the fan that kind of pays attention but really doesn't have any allegiance. Does anybody really think, oh, I think it's going to be – Chicago and oh, the Clippers no. this year. That's my no, point. No, that, and that, I mean, it, it's so anticlimactic. Here's what I wonder, though, and I find myself railing about this when I talk to other folks, about folks who are bigger NBA fans. And that's been my point. We knew before this season started, we knew this was going to be the matchup we were going to get. We knew last year that this was going to be the matchup. We, were, we knew two years ago. You can predict within one team. Yeah, if it's the Spurs, if they're up a little bit. But yeah. generally, you can pick the Eastern Conference champion and the Western Conference champion. And and I always use that to rail against it. Why do I watch this? It's pointless. It's pointless. And while I agree it makes Milwaukee play in Toronto in mid-February, it is pointless unless you're a Milwaukee or Toronto fan. Yeah. But – you know, should we, should I, it, it's not worth turning on till June, I guess, basically is the point. But in talking about it with folks, if you go back through the years, Rick, this has kind of always been the case in the NBA. At least I, I, I can say always from about 1987 forward, because that's my sports consciousness. I'm sure you're, you could give me examples yeah. further back, but it was Boston and LA for how long? It was Chicago and Utah, how many years in a row? Portland popped up. So the Western Conference after Detroit popped up. Yeah, but and yeah. you could predict as the year went along. I guess you had Chicago and Detroit, pretty good matchup in Jordan's early years. As Isaiah got older, when you had those bad boys teams back then in the late '80s and early '90s, and Chicago was rising. But that's pretty much been the case for large chunks of the NBA's history, where there are two teams and who just continually rack these things up. So you wonder, you talk about the casual NBA fan. I think this is what you have to expect from, from the NBA, right? Now, what I don't like is the brand of basketball they play in the NBA. Now, that's why I don't watch it. It has nothing to do with, with the teams and the structure of the league and the super team, what, whatever. That is what it is. It's a brand of basketball I can't stand anymore. Right. <clears throat> and and we'll, we'll briefly cover this. Okay, we'll, we'll start um, – Okay, here's 1962. I'm just going to read off. Were the, you alive in 1962? Yeah, uh, you would have been, huh? Yeah. I'm just going to read off the um, finals. Okay. This is 62, and then the next one will be 63, and I'll just progress. Oh, that good. Thanks Lakers, for that. Boston. Lakers, Boston. San Francisco Warriors, or Golden State, Boston. Mm-hmm. 
Lakers, Boston. <laughs> Lakers, Boston. <laughs> San Francisco Warriors, 76ers. Lakers, Boston. <laughs> Lakers, Boston. Lakers, Knicks. Bucks, Bullets. That was a year that they had Al Cinder and Oscar Robertson right. on the Bucks. <clears throat> Lakers, Knicks. Lakers, Knicks. Bucks, Celtics. Warriors, Bullets. Suns, Celtics. Portland, 76ers. Seattle, Washington. Seattle, Washington. Lakers, 76ers. Houston, Boston. Lakers, 76ers. Lakers, 76ers. Lakers, Boston. <laughs> Lakers, Boston. Houston, Boston. Lakers, Boston. <laughs> you notice a trend yeah. here, right? There's a bit of a trend, and I'm all, I'm only got to where you right. started so, with the 80, right. with the 87 so, so point being, Cleveland and Golden State are the Lakers, Boston, Lakers, right. Boston, Lakers, <laughs> yeah, Boston right. of the previous 30 years. So, so that's why that doesn't offend me as much. I don't much care for it. If I luckily here in Western Pennsylvania, we don't have a team. I don't have a dog in the fight where I'd be really ticked off by this, right? right? But so as a casual fan, this is fine. I'll watch it when it's on as background noises, which is what I do with the NBA. And then I'll look forward to when we get to this point, when we get to the finals we all knew was coming, and hope you're going to get bad, good basketball. Then the problem is, in my opinion, it's bad basketball now. It is just you – know, Steph Curry, look, he's great great for the league's image. Kids love him. You know, my kid loves him. You, you go to the school, everybody's got a Steph Curry T-shirt or Steph Curry jersey on. So he's great for all that marketing, but just dribbled three dribbles and chuck the ball up. Three dribbles, this, chuck the ball up. I can't watch it anymore. The 76ers have are third in finals appearances with nine. Okay. Lakers, 31. Boston, <laughs> 21. So not a lot of parody in the NBA, I guess. <laughs> not a the ton, point. but that's okay. So there's our NBA coverage for the day. So. Yeah. Rick, I, and, I, and I just want to go. I had this little ditty here because ooh, I was I started ditty. started messing around with stuff, but you know they always talk about goats. You know, like we were talking. Everybody's about. the goat. And you can go in baseball. Who's the best hitter? Who's the best pitcher? You know, whatever. Yeah, it, okay? it's very segmented yeah. baseball. So to declare a best baseball player of all time is probably yeah. impossible, right? But here's five years of pitching stats. That I want to read to you. All right. Okay. Um, 14 and 7, 2.54 ERA. 25 and 5, 1.88. 25. Wow. 19 and 5, 1.74. 26 and 8, 2.04. And 27 and 9, 1.73. Okay, those five years was 111 and 34, with 100 complete games, 1,376.3 innings pitched, 1,243 strikeouts, 33 shutouts, and on top of that, had four saves. (laughs) Four saves? Yeah. So is this a quiz game? Are you asking who I think that is? I mean, Bob Gibson. No, Sandy Koufax from 62 to 66. He retired at 31, but those were his last five years. I mean, you know, we could the beginning of his career wasn't that good. So, I mean, there's always argument for error. But, boy, I tell you, I defy you those five years, anybody. Well, find me 100 complete games in five years on (laughs) most rosters or most national league, (laughs) you know, let alone one guy. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, the GOAT conversation. It's annoying. It's these stupid millennials, sure Rick. Is. You know, that whatever they just saw is the greatest of all time because they have no, no sense of the past, which I can't argue with that because I don't, mainly because I don't care. But they don't care to know either. You know what I mean? I, I think we can talk about so, so who are the GOATs in every sport? You know, now everyone's saying Tom Brady. You could probably make that argument in terms of the quarterback position. I would position. say quarterback. Yeah, I mean, he that's probably fair. probably is, right? That's fair. Of course. I mean, if, we, if, we're vo- if, if we're sports writers and we have a vote, I dare say that he gets my vote. It's him or Montana. And did he surpass Montana with that Super Bowl last year? He probably did. Oh, I have no doubt that he's better than Joe Montana. And I'll say it because of this, his arm is much stronger 
mm-hmm. Joe Montana's. And I think he had, you know, they had a new system in San Francisco, and it, it was tough to defend, especially right off the bat or whatever. But Brady can dink and dunk like the West Coast, and then all of a sudden, whammo. He, yeah. You have a dagger in the back yeah. 60 yards down. Yeah, then field. you give him a Randy Moss, and you see right. he can he can just air yeah. it out I as mean, well. I mean, yeah, to me, uh, Brady gets my yeah. goat. Then, then, <laughs> then you go to, go to the NBA, everybody arguing for LeBron. He, yeah. He's in the top five, but you yeah. don't even bring me that he's better than Michael Jordan. Don't I don't want to hear that he's better than – to me, the conversations between Bill Russell and Michael Jordan and LeBron hasn't entered that picture yet. You know, don't bring me Kobe. I'm trying to think of the recency that everybody keeps telling me. You know, LeBron, I don't – I never know where to slot Chamberlain because he was such a – a specialist isn't the right word, but in his era, no, he, he was so much bigger than yeah, everyone. You just wonder. Bill Russell was older than him. So, you're I mean, right. It's not, and Willis Reed was older than him. It's not like he was playing against a bunch of midgets. See, that's what a lot of people don't realize. Do you realize that seven foot one and over three hundred pounds, his vertical leap was equal to Michael Jordan? Right. I mean, that's insane. Well, I'm not arguing against. No, I'm Chamberlain. not, and I'm not I'm trying just, to say that he is. But I mean. You know, a lot of people say, well, he played against a bunch of six-foot white guys. Yeah, well, yeah I've heard that. True, I've heard you know? You're right. You're right. But I, I think it's right. You run- know, there is documented – I saw this, and if I can get it, I'll bring it in. There is documented um, – I don't even know if there's a film of it, but I know there's like sworn affidavits or whatever from college that he actually could jump up and set a coin on top of the backboard. I've heard that before. I mean, that, that's crazy. Oh, that's just stupid. I mean, it, it's you can't defend it. You know, I think you look at the all-around game of Bill Russell. And now we're splitting hairs when you're right. talking about right. this kind of stuff. Point but, being, LeBron James, just because he had a great finals last year, isn't in that category yet. I, I Not to me. You know, maybe four or five more championships. I don't know. It's just... It's such a different game. Now, that's the other thing. We stop trying to compare eras because we exactly, can't. Exactly. I mean, can't. did you see this ridiculous thing where some sports book put out a line that if this year's Warriors team played the 95-96, the 72-win Bulls, that this year's Golden State Warriors team would be favored to beat them? And people were losing their minds over this. This is the most ridiculous thing we ever heard. But when you sit down and think about it, there's so many questions you have to ask that they didn't at least tell us if they considered. What era of officiating are we using exactly. if this game took place? What? Right. You know, there's so many things that go into it. Well, and also, what era of training are the teams going to That's be in? Why because you that has to be it. equal, too. I, I, you know, just getting basically on the same topic, I saw a little blip on – same thing. Who who was better in their prime, Jack or Tiger? You know, one guy actually said, "Well, you know, you have to go Tiger because he would outdrive Jack 60, 70 yards every hole." Oh, really? <laughs> I mean, whose equipment are we using? Exactly. I mean, we, we went covered that story with the nineteen sixty Arnold Palmer driver that he drove right on chair. And who was I? Even forget the the golfer now. Um, Ricky Fowler, I think, was the closest. He was within 30 yards of the green. Right. I right. mean, so you have to make them equal, which is impossible. Yeah. So these arguments are fruitless yeah. and pointless. Because the point being, if their argument was that game was going to take place today, so we have, we're have we playing the game today, you have the Golden State Warriors as they're constructed, as they've been trained, right? Right. On the court. And then you pick up those 95, 96 bulls and you tra- you know, you know, transport them through time and set them here with their training, with their knowledge of the game, with the way they play. Golden State's probably going to win that thing in five games, right? I mean, it's just a, it was a totally different – I don't know well, the thing if is, Durant though, can check Michael Jordan to keep him under 50, but if he can, yeah, Golden State's going up there, going up and down the court, flinging up – they're trying to shoot 53s a game, Well, right? see, that's, that's the whole point is – you have to bring that Bulls team to the future, not only with the modern training, but they have to have played this game yeah, they have their whole life. The Take NBA, Golden State back there, right. they're whipped. The NBA as it's constructed today is not the same game no. that those 95 nine. It's exactly. not even the same game that those Bulls teams play. I agree. So it's a re- Howard, this is just tangent radio today. <laughs> this is ridiculous. So, Rick, you brought up before we went on the air, Austin Davis being by, being signed by Seattle, Colin Kaepernick still out looking for a job. People starting to get a little a little testy about it, Rick. Do you believe 
that Colin Kaepernick's been blackballed in the NFL? I guess two questions. Do you believe it, one, and do you, do you care, two? I think you know me good. Yeah, I know answer number two. I just I was just going to make you say yeah. it and see if we could generate some hate on Twitter. Um, I'm just, you know, I think blackball is not the accurate term. Are teams cautious to bring an individualist troublemaker onto their roster? Yes, and and that's what he is. I'm sorry. I mean, maybe he thought he was standing up for what's right and he had the right to. I understand that. But he was still employed by that team. And I think the other teams are saying, whoa, you know, I don't want to get into the middle of this because, you know, if he starts doing any of this kind of stuff again, you know, we put the cuffs on him. We're a racist organization or or whatever. Right. So, I mean, I think they're backing off. And it's not like this is – you know, this isn't the talent of Andrew Luck or somebody like that waiting out there either. Right. This guy has really declined since that first year or two where, you know, he showed some promise under Harbaugh, which, you know, is a testament to the coaching ability of Jim Harbaugh to me. Right. This to me, look, you can turn this into, not you, but this can be turned into the, the whole political discussion, all that stuff we talked about when this was happening last year. Quite frankly, Rick, I didn't care then, and I care even less now. Oh, I and, don't and care. And the people but... who were alarmed by it were afraid this was going to usher an era, uh, using their words, not mine, an era of disrespect for the flag or the government or the military or whoever you were defending or for whatever reason you were offended by his actions you you could bring all that in but Rick it really amounted to nothing you know we we spent time talking about it ESPN spent you know days talking about it it was in every note it really came down it really was nothing and quite frankly i think Kaepernick handled it well he did it as long as he thought it was useful he put his money where his mouth was and and donated all this money and did all those things and he said all right i'm not going to do it anymore is there a sentiment amongst the owners that maybe this isn't worth it, perhaps. You know, Mara in New York came out and said that. To me, Rick, this all comes down to dollars and cents, just like everything else does in the NFL. Well, that's a lot of it, I understand. I think it's all of it. But I think, yeah, I think it's a, a combination of, okay, Austin Davis is a lot cheaper. Right. And he has no baggage. Yeah, and, and he's not as good, but and it's like your backup quarterback. Like you talk about it amounted to not much of anything. But put him on, just for an example, the New York Giants last year in the heat of a playoff race. And now all of a sudden, all the attention's on him. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And I, I never mean, bought the distracted argument, though. Oh, I, I well, really no, I mean, didn't. it is. In, in a place called New York, oh, it would be just a frenzy, and every little comment would be overshadowing what Big Blue's trying to do, which actually was get back in the playoffs, which right. they did last year. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, and, and whether you buy it or not, I think team owners do and coaches. Well, you're right. They talk about it a lot. I, I agree with you there. But, you know, so you look at 2014, Colin Kaepernick played 16 games, 60, 60% completions, 19 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Right. Uh, he's yeah. I. Yeah. You know, 2015, nine games, 59%, six and five. So, so now we're starting to see some issues there, although, you know, it looks like he was banged up. 2016, he played 12 games, 59%, 16 TDs, 7 touchdowns. This is last year. 16 TDs, 16 TDs, I'm sorry, 16 TDs, 4 interceptions. And I add parenthetically 7 fumbles because that really jumped jumped out at me in that. So here's what we see. Since that Super Bowl run they made under Harbaugh, which was a good point, you know, how well Harbaugh worked with them, you have at best a mediocre quarterback, right? I agree, yeah. Is he better than Austin Davis? Probably. Yes, certainly certainly more physically talented and more experienced. But if you believe the rumors and there's conflicting reports, he's out there looking for, you know, not top dollar, but he's looking for starter money or something in the range of number top one money. Backup right. Money for he's sure. looking he's looking for top money. Number one, you know, right now they're saying initially, now they've backed off, initially the talks were he wanted 9 or $10 million a year. That's the number he was looking for, which isn't outrageous for a quarterback, a starting a quarterback who plays in this league. I don't want to 
label it starting or backup. Nine or ten. The highest backups in this league, Rick, the highest paid and best backups in this league average making two or four million dollars a year. Right. There it is right there. Of course. And then, so mm. let's put these things together. A declining skill set. If you get benched, I'm sorry, if you get benched in favor of any of those losers that are behind you in San Francisco, that's a big problem, right? Right. And I'm not going to buy it had anything to do with the kneeling, with all the protest and all this nonsense. I'm not buying it. He was having an awful year. Four TDs, seven fumbles. There were He had to put these numbers up. Remember, he had those two or three really big games. We all sort of hopped on that bandwagon. Boy, Colin Kaepernick might be back. And then <laughs> right back yep. to where he'd been in prior years. So you take that, he's out there at least looking to compete for a starting job. And look, every coach tells you, unless they coach Tom Brady, Andrew Luck, Ben Roethlisberger, those, those hand, Aaron Rodgers, those handful elite guys, all these jobs are open. But believe me, most of these jobs aren't open competition. So he wants to compete for a starting job. He wants $9 million a year when most backups make $4 million. So now you're looking at him, so we got these issues. Maybe we can get him in for less money, you know, but he might be unhappy. Then I think that's where this other junk factors in. So he's got two and a half strikes against him. He started his swing on a ball in the dirt with two strikes before we even talk about this right. protesting. And that's what it comes down to. And now the narrative has become he's being blackballed, it's racist owners, it's it's the racist country, the, the Donald Trump United States where, you know, we're writing to owners saying, if you bring this guy in, I'm not buying tickets. You know, I'm sure a handful of people do. They're still no. Dummies are still going to buy their tickets. I tell Pitt in a tweet if he, every time they lose a game, I'm never renewing my season tickets. And I did. just wrote the check last night, Rick. So – this is what we do. It's about all these other factors. I think that and it's like a minuscule, said, minuscule, minuscule thing. This protest and put and put it in a nutshell. If he's play, if he is playing like Jameis Winston, we're not even talking about this. He's oh, the right. starter. Yeah. Simple as that. And he could kneel. He could stand on his head. He could do cartwheels. Yep. He could swing from the lights of the stadium during the national anthem. If he's yeah. if he's throwing like Ben Roethlisberger or Tom Brady or putting up similar type right. numbers. This is what it comes down to. New York Jets cut. Ties with Eric Decker. Boy, um, I think you've seen that. They're that, just tanking the season, I guess, at this why point, not? Rick. They've got nothing, man. And, and I mean, they, they've got nothing. They're, they're cap strong. And, you know, th- why not? I mean, you know, they're. They're going nowhere. Right. I mean, they're already on the bottom of the division. They're certainly not getting out of the I mean, Does that team win two games this year? Boy, I'll tell you what, when we get to our prediction show, <laughs> it's going to be a far cry what I thought they might do last year. Yeah, I tell you. Was it, one of us had them in the playoffs last I year. And was it you? Yeah. And ended up swinging and missing on that one pretty. But I don't think we, any of us predicted Fitzpatrick would just oh, fall off the table bad. like that. Dennis Pitta, no, another hip injury. Ravens let him go. I think that's the end of the line for Mr. Oh, I think, I think it has think? to be. It's a shame. He was putting up some good numbers, but that hip, he re-aggravated it. From what I read, they sort of knew going in whatever procedure he had or whatever injury he had had a high, high risk of re-injury rate. I don't know. Is that the term? I'm not sure. Sounds good. And he, he doesn't even make it out of OTA. So, unfortunately, yeah, I think his, his career may be over. I mean, this is um, – Okay, they're just in OTAs right now, and he. This is his third dislocated hip. Yeah, Can I you mean, imagine you're the dis- pain. You're dis- dislocating a hip in OTAs. You need to quit playing football. Right. I mean, there's I no mean, doubt about if it. If you hope to walk again someday. I mean, this becomes more about him at that point. Certainly. You hate to see him lose his career. So it's interesting now, with him gone, you've got, what, Rick Benjamin Watson down there. I guess he becomes the number one tight end. Who, who else is down there? Max Williams, Nick Boyle. I'm not familiar yeah. with Mr. Boyle. You know, Benjamin Watson could be interesting because they got Pitta really involved when he was on the field last year. And Watson's got a, a pretty successful pass yeah, he, certain times got a nose for the end zone he, yeah. he certainly has that so that's a guy who's you know probably a tight end too worth a flyer in the later rounds or i don't know maybe you know, some waiver wire bye week type fodder as the year goes on but that's a guy i keep an eye on because flacco does like to involve the tight end where he can especially with their lack of wide receivers which you know interestingly the the other big cut this week kind of a surprise to everybody jeremy macklin cut by the Chiefs, visited right. with the bills today i believe he's visiting with the ravens tomorrow already hearing decker being linked to the ravens so it looks like they're still trying to bring some bring 
bring some help into that passing game. And on top of all that, the Jets contacted Steve Smith to see if he wanted to come out of retirement. I mean, what are you doing? I mean, why would he retire from the Ravens, who probably are going to be a competitor this year? Mm -hmm. I mean, getting through all the injuries. We'll have a chance to win that division. To go to the Jets. (laughs) I mean, that's just insane. Yeah, he's either going back to Baltimore or to Carolina. He's not coming up to your dumpster fire, my friend. That I can assure you. killed. There's no doubt about that. But I tell you what, we're going to find this little story. How much time we got there, Mr. Producer? Uh, We got 25 minutes, Mr. Briggs. Going back to hockey. (sighs) All right. You know, a lot of people, you know, when the NFL combines on, it's crazy. You know, 24-7, right? Well, the NHL Combine just happened to be started here, and there's a you know a pretty top prospect called Casey named Casey Middlestat. Okay, he's considered by most to be a top three North American prospect in this year's NHL draft. <sighs> Mr. Middlestat didn't do himself any favors over the weekend this past weekend at the Combine. He is six foot one, hundred ninety nine pounds. You know, pretty good sized kid. Yeah. He did one rep on the bench press of 160 pounds. He could not do one pull-up. And I know the question is, will kid and kid play hockey? That is the question. In the NHL, he won't have a chance to play hockey because he'll be dead if, if that's all the stronger you are. Does doing a pull-up, Rick, define strength in terms of obviously well, I don't know. being able was, to take a hit? Well... Can you but, – but the point is, we've all seen Evgeny Malkin. We've seen, you know, Yamir Yager, a lot of these guys over time, you know, the stalls. Take one arm and use it for defense right. and, and keep the puck going and, and driving yeah. against He's going to be defense. a finesse player. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying that's the end of his career. He's a young kid, but it's got to be a red flag, wouldn't you think? I mean, an 18-year-old kid – that can only do, you know, I, I'm not saying you should be a he-man, but but 160 pounds, one rep, I mean, that's nothing. To be fair now, I might be struggling <laughs> to get more than two or three of those out. You know, maybe You're not a hockey prospect. All right, Rick, I'm opening myself up to ridicule here, but I'm going to throw this out. All right. Now, I've certainly never even sniffed professional athletics. I've never been Me invited either. to a combine. But I considered myself a pretty fair athlete. Okay. In my high school days. You know, I, I could play some basketball. I could hit some home runs. Yeah, I was an above-average athlete. For some reason, <laughs> for some reason, I would struggle to get one pull-up out. Couldn't do it. Just couldn't do it. You know what else I couldn't do? Always. Maybe it's because he's 6'1". You're taller than that. Maybe it's because of the length of the arms. I mean, there's plenty. I don't know. Yeah, I do have ridiculous, well, yeah, <laughs> ridiculously like long I mean... arms. But I always struggle with it. I never liked lifting, but when I did, I could do it fine. I don't even remember the weight. You know, those guys who can tell you what they benched in high school ought to be it shot. Wasn't that you important. know what yeah. I mean? I don't care. But that, I could never climb the rope, Rick. It was so embarrassing. Really? You know, I'm supposed to be this great athlete. I couldn't get up the rope. I couldn't I, I do could it. Do that. I don't know if I was too uncoordinated. Or I don't like heights. Maybe I was just butt scared of getting up there, so my body wouldn't let me do it. I, I could do that. I, I could, mean, I never was a power lifter by any stretch. I played golf, for God's sake. Yeah. And, um, Back before golfers had to be in shape. Huh? Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't say that, but I mean, yeah, I mean, are they ridiculous like Tiger was? That's that, what I mean. Before, that, of course, now he's 40 and can't move. Well, so, I yeah, mean, you know. Yeah, that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> exactly. I don't know if we want to go down that road with only no, 20 minutes today. to go on the show. But, no, I mean, but I didn't lift for that. You know what I'm saying? I ran and I did a lot of, you know, swinging weighted clubs. Right. And. and right. You know, build strength for what you're doing. Tricep pulls. Right. I did a lot of, um, like I said, running, and I did a lot of um, leg presses and all that kind of stuff, you know, to keep the legs, you know, you don't want to get tired walking around because there's a lot of tournaments I played. You had to walk 36 holes. Yeah, I couldn't do that. You know, well, I couldn't walk six holes anymore. Well, no, I've seen you hobble around. (laughs) Well, I'm crippled. (laughs) I think you need a cane. This, to me, is why, all Rick, all these – combines and stuff are stupid if he was considered and i don't know anything about him and neither does anybody listening right i know nothing about this kid but if this kid 
just for sake of argument, was a top 10 NHL prospect before he showed up at this combine, and now we're dropping him because he can't do a pull-up, that's stupid. I'm oh, I sorry. Think so that's too. stupid. 18-year-old kid could be just a little bit um, slow in, in maturation. Right. I, mean, I remember my brother um, was 6'2", when he graduated high school, weighed about 150 pounds, okay? Yeah, maybe 65, something like that. I mean, by the time he was 19, he was about 230. Right. And, you know, and not fat either. But it's just in – and it's rampant. It's absolutely rampant in the in the NFL, right? This guy's a lockdown, can't-miss pro, pros, prospect, and then he shows up at the combine and he doesn't look good in his underwear and his compression shorts right. or his 40 time is 100 slower than we thought it was going to be, and now he goes from the – a top seven pick to the third round. I'm sorry. Right. That, it's just stupid. It's just, can they play the game? Is he strong enough to accomplish what he needs to accomplish on the ice? Now, that that could be a question. Your point about being able to hold off defenders is a good one. You know, you see it. But that's more about, Rick, when I look at a Sidney Crosby, that's more in his hips, right, where that strength comes from. You don't see him use that free arm much, and they're really not supposed to, although they let him get away with it. But when a guy like Crosby gets low and on his hips, he's strong through the hips and the thighs. Yeah, well, he's got a neck like a stump too, well, which doesn't hurt. But. Crosby's probably a bad example. But what yeah. I'm saying, he's the one that sticks out to me that uses his trunk strength a hell of a lot more than right. whatever he would need to do a pull up. I agree. I mean, I, I just maybe thought I'm just that def- was out there. Maybe you know? I'm just defending him because I can't do a pull up or climb the rope. Here's a little story about a man named Jed, a thief in Italy, posed as a pilgrim. Now listen now. All right. Yeah, start over again. A was... thief in Italy okay. posed as a pilgrim and stole part of the brain of St. John Bosco, one of the country's most popular saints. Wait a minute. The crime has caused a storm in the Catholic country with police setting up roadblocks over the weekend as they stepped up their attempt to apprehend the criminal. He walked into a church at Castel Nuvier Turin which honors a 19th century saint. Now, this guy, 19th century, that's the 1800s. This guy's old, right? And left with a glass case containing the relic. They call part of his brain a relic. Devotees often visit the church to pray to it. John Bosco, also known as Don Bosco, was a priest who dedicated his life to helping deprived children. He founded the Salesian Religious Order and died in 1888. They believe that um, this guy is going to hold it for ransom, and, and, you know, or hold it and demand ransom okay. for the brain. Or darker theories circulating suggest it may be used in satanic or satanic rites during which Christian symbols are often defiled. Okay, no. isn't that bizarre? No, hold on. <laughs> I have. The, the, the it being stolen and the Satan and all that, that that's a non-story to me. All right. What I want to know is where was the decision made? <laughs> that did, And he might have been a great priest and a great saint, whatever he was, but when he donks off, all right, here's what we're going to do, guys. I'm trying to picture the guys in the robes and the pointy hats sitting around in a circle. All right, here's what we're going to do. You know, we could put up a sign. We could rename the church after after this guy. How are we going to honor him? Who's the guy who raises his hand and says, here's what we're going to do, guys. We're going to take a chunk out of his brain. We're going to put it in one of them display cases like I have my autographed ball in (laughs) over there, right, Rick? And we're going to bring it here, and then all these dummies are going to flock and come pray at his brain. Well, they have his whole body there, too. Apparently, they Did he remove the brain from the body, or was the brain separate from the body? Well, no, they had it removed because you can't really preserve a body, I guess, with all that junk in there. But the brain will hang around for a few hundred years. Maybe it was in formaldehyde. I don't know. How do you arrive at this decision, though? (laughs) You have all the things. You know, why not yeah. a thumb? You know, why not a pinky toe? Why the brain? That seems kind of weird. Yeah, what I'm thinking, if if I am that revered, Rick, that you need something to pray over, which will probably happen, right? Well, yeah. You know, you're going to want a little chunk, right? You know, do the cremation and do the creepy urn thing. Don't lop my head open and start rooting around <laughs> and boxing that. stuff up. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't understand how that, how that works. You know, we're probably offending Catholics everywhere. Maybe this is something they do. But I, I, that I don't understand. You don't steal it. I don't care. You can't sell it. <laughs> what are you going to do? You know, it's, it's not going to work out too well for this guy. 
so he gets what he deserves. But I, I'm appalled and stunned by this whole brain sticking around thing. Why the brain? Well, I there's don't know. so much, so many better body parts they could have kept in the brain. Yeah, you look at it that way, but then you look at this loser going in there. I think I'll go steal a brain. <laughs> I, I, why? Why well, you go steal? You know, a case of beer or something. Do you ever go to a flea market or something though, and there's something weird or different? No. Just because it's old, you think, no. man, I might have to grab that. No, I've done that. So there is that. So you know, he's walking around. He pops into the church, and there's just this brain in an autographed ball case. That's kind of weird. I think I'm gonna take it. I, I can understand that. I mean, it's not good. You know, I'm not advocating. Would you rather have the ball? Well, if there was a, but I don't think there was a ball. Oh. Obviously, there was a brain in there. Oh. Maybe, yeah, I'd, maybe I'd, somebody put in a hunk of brain and took the ball. And it was just a piece of the brain. Well, wasn't yeah, the whole brain? No, it wasn't the whole thing. Apparently, they must have lobbed it up, you know, so they could have. Well, all that's, over the that's place. sort of where I'm know. going. Is there brain everywhere? I you know, don't know. Maybe, maybe you just take a chunk off some other somebody else's and you share it and don't give this dummy his ransom, right? All right, you go do what you got to do with that. We're going to go over to, to St. Rick Briggs Church over here. We're going to take a little chunk off of that. We'll throw it in our case. These dummies will never know the difference, right? we got about five minutes left. Let's do a little fact Is that all we have, really, is five minutes left? I believe so. Oh, man. Well, we better get it started, ladies and gentlemen. It is time for Fact or Fiction. About three and a half minutes left. Well, let's let's about three and a half. Well, then we're just going to do the hard turn off on the old uh, on the old song there, Rick, and let's get into it. Fact or fiction? Oh, I'm wrong. It's about five minutes. Oh God, and you're the math no, guy. No, it's four minutes. No, it's three and a half. I'm sorry. Well, you just wasted a minute I, I of have it, Rick. No idea. We'll do a couple questions, and that'll yeah. be it. Fact know? or fiction, Rick? Adrian Peterson will lead the Saints in rushing in 2017. Uh, it doesn't matter, fantasy-wise, is the question. Um, I'm going to say fiction. Whoopsie daisy the buzzer Ooh, got, seemed to be turned down buzzer a little issue. bit there. Let's but, try uh, that again. Yeah, there, there we, we go. go. I, I, it's, it's strange. I, I'm not real certain about this guy. He's, he's coming off two devastating knee injuries. And can I cut you off, I, Rick? I know. <laughs> real I, quick. I've been thinking about it. I can I cut you off real quick? What do you do for a living? What, what is I, it you do for a living? I, I'd What's come your title? Here, I come here and talk. What's I, your title, I'm Rick? I'm not even going there. <laughs> I know. I added wrong. I was in a hurry. There, was, there's 13 <laughs> minutes left in the show. <laughs> Well, yeah, I know. Rick, whatever, I won't give his full title, but what Rick does has something to do with accounting, just so yeah. you know. But 60 minus 47 <laughs> is completely beyond his reach. Now, anyhow, Rick, back to Adrian Peterson. Maybe I need to chuck that guy's brain. I don't know. <laughs> but it couldn't hurt. Could you cram it in there and zip it up a little yeah. bit? Oh, my God. I you know, 60 minus 47 I stayed in my 13. case. What do you think? I, I just don't have any faith in Adrian Peterson. I, I'll be honest with you. The guy's a machine. He's looking great right now. That's what they're saying. I just, I just don't like that offense, for one thing. Now, going back to the question, he may lead, I guess, the Saints in rushing. I think he does. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I, I may have to switch to fact on that, but I just don't think it's going to translate fantasy-wise into anything all that spectacular. you still got Ingram there. And they're going to use him around the goal line. Probably. That's what I'm most curious about. And it's way too early to ask this question right. because of that. I could see, I mean, Rick, was it two seasons ago? Adrian Peterson led the NFL in rushing. Yeah. I no, he was banged up all year last year. He's 32 years old. But we, we've seen him come back from this stuff before. There's a chance, remote as it may be, there is a chance – this guy's a legitimate fantasy running back. It's a small chance, but it exists out there. He's going to come in as long as everything in training camp goes well. You've got a new toy like Adrian Peterson. He's going to get his shot the first couple weeks. Yeah, he's probably only going to be there for years. If, too, anyway, if, the, if you're right. they can block for him, if he can stay healthy, and if he's 80% of Adrian Peterson, by midseason it's going to be Mark Ingram who? 
I don't see it being a split if Adrian Peterson looks at all yeah. like Adrian Peterson. Peterson led the league in 08, 12, and 15. And, um, you know, he's not going to lead the league in rushing no. on that offense. You wouldn't think. But, uh, you wouldn't think they'd run enough for him no. to lead that, the league and all. I think he has a chance, Rick, to be legitimate. I Maybe I'm just trying to convince myself. I drafted him, I think, just in the ninth or tenth round of an MFL 10, just looking for a fourth running back. Oh, sure. I thought, why not? Sure. You know, rather than one of these rookies, I took a shot. I took a shot on Adrian Peterson. I there's a chance a- out there. He's still intriguing. He could end up being a really, really good value. And if there's ever a guy in shape, it's him. So Yeah, and I mean – Let's go around the league. In his situation with what little we know now, I like him in New Orleans better than I like McCaffrey slash Stewart in Carolina, better than I like the whole Washington situation, better than I like. You don't think Fat Rob's going to be the man? No, Fat Rob, I think. Finito. Really? Uh, Jones is gone. I think they get rid of him. They bring the rookie in. I think he's going to cut into the carries. You still have Chris Thompson. I think that team wants to throw the ball a lot. You got Kirk Cousins on that one-year times two franchise deal. That what, what was it? Twenty? I forget how many millions of dollars or whatever the second-year franchise tender was, which is huge. That team wants to chuck the ball around, and we're going to get to a question about his wide receivers here shortly. But there's a lot of situations I'm more comfortable with Adrian Peterson than than, than other situations. All right. All right, Rick, here we go. Fact or fiction? Brandon Cooks will be a top 24 wide receiver in 2017. I'll go with uh I'll go with fact. Yeah, I mean, I the guy's talented and you know, he's on a great team, so I I just don't see where if you have a talented wide receiver on a great offense that get, that can score, I, you know the potential is certainly there, and and I in top twenty four. I don't think that's out of the realm uh, of craziness at all. I think no. it's pretty. It, yeah, it's, it's not crazy to say, Rick, but I'm gonna say fiction on this one. Okay, we've seen Why? one guy do this, Rick. One guy in that offense, and it's been Randy Moss. Hold on to your seat, Brandon Cooks isn't Randy Moss. True. He's going to have some big games. I, I think he's Deshaun Jackson is who I think he becomes in this offense. Remember last year it was Malcolm Mitchell, Rick. We all overdrafted Malcolm Mitchell. Brandon LaFell. Name the guys over the years. We've had, we have this question every offseason with whoever they brought in, whoever the next guy was, and it just is never any of them. Look what they've done with the running game, bringing in Gillisley. Look what they've done – well, not what they've done, but Gronk comes back healthy. The emergence of Chris Hogan later in the year. Julian Edelman back and healthy. I think Danny Amendola's still sticking around. They're going to pass the ball around. They're going to find that matchup. Now, what they're going to do, and you talked about when we were having the Tom Brady conversation way back at the beginning of the show, they're going to dink and dunk with them other guys, and just when you finally start to get keyed in on them, they're going to go over the top to Brandon Cooks. He could have eight or nine, maybe even ten touchdowns. But I think you're going to see a lot of stat lines that look like two catches for 43 yards. And you're you're going to see a lot of two catches for 112 yards and a touchdown, something like that. I just don't know that he's going to be involved and treated like a true number one wide receiver in that offense, which makes it hard to believe that he could even be a number two wide receiver in fantasy football. If the price was better, I'd be happy to have him on my squad. I'd love to have him in a best ball league like one of those MFL 10s. But if I had to set up a lineup every week, I think it's just going to be damnably frustrating with that guy as it's been with so many guys in that in the Patriots wide receiver core not named Randy Moss. Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. I, I just don't – like you mentioned a lot of these guys, Brandon LaFell, et cetera, et cetera. Don't you think that Cooks is such an upgrade over any of these guys other than Edelman as a stalwart performer there? I mean, do you think that – that Cooks and and um, God, I'm going blank here. Um, Edelman, <laughs> right? That they're not legit one and two. Well, I think, but that's my point. I think Cooks becomes the three after Gronk. 
You got Gronk, Edelman. Gronk's first look. True. Gronk has to stay in the field. They brought in Dwayne Allen, so I think they still keep trying to recreate that, you know, before all the murder, the Aaron Hernandez-Gronk magic. I think that's what they look for. They bring in Gillis Lee. We saw the emergence of James White at the end of the year. They're big parts of the offense. Here's what here's what did you wonder. And I think here's what you got to watch for. You're not going to know it till midseason, unfortunately. There was so much talk coming out of that AFC championship game. The Steelers are still talking about it. I forget, maybe it was Artie Burns. One of the Steelers secondary was quoted in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette just the other day as saying, that New England game showed us we've got to get better at playing man coverage. These zone coverages don't work against Tom Brady. If teams are heeding that advice and thinking that's going to make the difference, that's where Brandon Cooks goes off, right? Don't you think they could have figured this out 10 years ago? Well, I mean, you can't do has. it to stop. You can't stop them is the point. But what I'm saying is rather than playing these zone coverages and trying to keep things in front of you, which is where an Edelman kills you and where Edelman and back to Wes Welker have made their money because teams have set, stayed back trying not to let Tom Brady kill them while he killed them. You know, It's just pick your poison there. Right. If teams do do heed this advice and start trying to play man and assuming Tom Brady's skills are still where they're at, that's where you can see the emergence of Brandon Cooks. And then you're not talking about a top 24 wide receiver. You're not talking about a top 12 wide wide receiver. You're talking about a top three or four wide receiver. I just, I'm, I'm not going to know till October if that's going to happen or not. Right. I certainly don't have those high expectations of them. All right, I Rick. think the possibilities there, uh, top twenty-four. All right, Rick, we have got we have to have this question every off season for the past fifteen. It feels like got to have the question. Factor fiction, Rick Frank Gore still has fantasy value in twenty seventeen. Fact. Until this guy retires, I'm not going to sit here and say well, Frank Gore's too old to play. And he's kind of like Fred Jackson all over again, except he has a bigger workload than Fred Jackson did, and still getting it done. Forget retiring. It might be until he's dead. Yeah. I'm going to stop yeah. predicting against him. Yeah. I mean, uh, I've been doing some mock drafts and, and so forth. And and, uh, and and like you say, in these, some of these leagues, I got, um, I got him in quite a few of those well late into the draft. I mean, people want to believe that somebody 33, 34 years old can do this. I've been predicting his demise since 2013, I think, Rick. I mean, quite frankly. And he just keeps doing it. You know, and you wonder, I I think where he still has a value, I'm going to predict again it drops off. Probably won't, but I'm going to keep predicting it because I've done it for so long I want to be right eventually. (laughs) But when you look behind him, is Robert Turbin movie at all? No. They brought in Kristen Michael. He's only been cut by... Every Everybody. team in the NFL twice in the last year yeah. and a half. Yeah, I, I forget the young guy's name who's who's fourth behind him on the depth chart. There's nothing else there. I mean, it's got to be it's Frank Gore or bust, right? Frank Gore, thousand twenty-five yards rushing, eight total touchdowns, and a big stat with Frank Gore that he, that he didn't get to really excel in in San Francisco had thirty-eight catches for almost three hundred yards. Yeah, that was surprising. So last I mean, the guy year. had. You know, 13, 1,400 total yards and eight touchdowns last year. He falls off a little bit. He still has some value. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's still there. All right, Rick, now we were out, We are out of time. Oh, okay. 60 minus 58 is two. So we're going to get out of here. Thanks for much, so much for joining us here at the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show. Check us out on the Arena Sports Network, arenasportsnet.com. If you want to talk to Rick on Twitter, at Asylum Football. If you have any questions, any topics you want to hear discussed, or just tell us how bad we suck, asylumfootball at gmail.com. We'll be back next week with Super Agent Rilio Master Antonio. Until then, we'll see you. Take care. Talk to me.